0: This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Uh, It's really fun to be back on stage. Just starting to get back on the road. I think this is my fourth talk since uh, COVID. So really excited to be with you and super excited to be with you because when I think about this industry and the opportunities within it, what's going on in the marketplace right now in most parts of the country, and then for me, what's kind of going on at a global level with human beings and their relationship with technology and the opportunities that exist. It's interesting to be here because obviously this brand um, is more aggressive than so many other entities from a technology standpoint in this space, which really kind of connects for me because my background really does sit in the cross-sections of technology or personal brand small business, you know, regional business. So I was giving a lot of thought to what I wanted to cover in this talk today, and I think I'm gonna break it down into a couple places, and now with a sixth book coming out, uh, it was supposed to be out yesterday, but some of you might have saw I did an NFT marketing campaign for this book, and we sold 1.2 million copies, so they couldn't print them fast enough, so we pushed it two weeks, thank you. That wasn't a humble brag, I didn't need the claps, but you're very sweet. <laughs> it, was, it was more of setting up the context of what I just wrote about in 12 and a half, and it's actually, this is actually perfect. This is luck. I want to basically talk to you about 12 and a half, and I want to talk to you about Jab, 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 Right Hook, the 2022 version. I think the 2022 landscape of real estate is extremely fascinating for me. I think the OGs in this room, and even the youngsters may realize because of COVID, we have such unique things to try to figure out of what is this market, right? Whether it's growth or decline or how, there's just so many unique dynamics that a global pandemic created that are unusual to look at in even a 50 or a 100 year window, so I think we can all imagine, and I'm sure this is what you spend a ton of your time on, is like, well, what's the market really gonna be like? Right, and, and to me, the thing that I've been most passionate about in my career and the thing I'm most proud of 25 years into operating is that regardless of what the market has been, I've been able to be successful. The market threw me for a loop for my premium wine business that focused on Wall Street in 2001 when 9-11 happened and that entire ecosystem literally was devastated and so I had to adjust to that the market was incredibly difficult to navigate in 2008 and 9 with the recession, and again, I was very much in the premium wine business—kind of hard to sell $800 bottles of wine when the entire economy is collapsing. And I was starting VaynerMedia, so that was super interesting. Oh nine, and and onwards and onwards and onwards, and we will all go through that. And then, obviously, you know. For this market, after we got off the initial hump, there was incredible opportunity in real estate with COVID. Not so much for my business. Vayner got very caught because we were not small enough or not big enough for any government support. So I got zero dollars and zero cents to navigate the last 18 months with my companies. uh, Which, to be very transparent, is the best. You know, um, I uh, people people love capitalism and entrepreneurship, but when it gets super hard, they always want the government's help and I laugh at that shit. Um, Yeah. Please don't give me that affirmation because I'll spend 40 minutes on this subject matter. Um, I think a lot about the people in this audience because I think about context. I think about why would you even want to be associated with this company? What is the value prop? What are you doing? Like why are you doing that versus something else, a competitor of theirs or doing it yourself? That's why I'm so passionate about Jab, Jab, Right Hook. This company from afar, I haven't really triple checked under the hood so I'm speaking in headline reading from a technology standpoint is clearly committed and because I know enough about the competitive landscape from a technology standpoint, which is almost non-existent, I'm gonna make assumptions that they're winning for you on that moat. What I also know, back to what I, the joke I just made about the government helping is, if you are not the queen and the king of your domain of brand building and marketing, nobody's gonna help you. No matter how much they try, no matter how much Tom Ferry, no matter how much you watch my content, it doesn't matter. If you are not actually, actually I'm thrilled to hear the uh, framework for this talk or 2022, in a no excuses way, it's incredibly important we spend a lot of time on what I want to talk to you about. If you signed up for this company or any other company for that matter and you believe that is the engine to your marketing and your brand building, you're in for a rude awakening. It's just not gonna happen. And I don't say that as a negative, I think there are macro things. This logo and seven or eight others in this space do carry clout when you put it over your name and you are more considered in your local market. Like That I believe. I believe in the macro brand. But my curiosity and what I'm focused on and as I look at this room and think about this brand in this ecosystem, so I'm making assumptions of a lot of the people that decided to jump on board here, what excites me is it speaks to a level of innovation and ambition that is a competitive advantage, at least for me, looking at it from afar, against your competitive set. Like if you're, jump, if you're here, you're slightly different, in my opinion, that you chose this brand than the other options you could have had. <laughs> Don't clap yet. Uh-oh. Because, it's, because this is what I want to talk about. Because it could be epic, or it could actually be the vulnerability of 2022, which is why I want to talk to you about it. It could be epic because you're more innovative, you're more progressive, you're this, that, and the other thing. It could be a vulnerability if you're over-relying on the company's branding and aggressiveness and are assuming it's yours. Don't be BJ Armstrong. Now what I love about the few people that just reacted, which was almost nobody, it allows me to tell you who B.J. Armstrong is. B.J. Armstrong is a wonderful man and a very accomplished basketball player because you can't get into the NBA without being one. But B.J. Armstrong was on all of those Michael Jordan teams. I just said his name and all of you had no idea what the hell I was talking about. But the reality is is that he won a lot of rings by association. What I worry about is how many BJ Armstrongs are sitting in this room right now and how big of a deal that actually is. This is not a negative, this is not a RAS, this is a self-awareness conversation that is required if you want to dominate 2022. We are sitting here (laughs) in a business context conversation. That is the context of this talk. The number one thing I fear in our society, which is absolutely one of the beacons of why we're stretching apart, is humans hate accountability. We hate it. We love to point fingers and tell everybody why they suck, but we hate a good thumb and say why we suck. And what happens in the framework of this industry with brands that are winning at this level is a subconscious passiveness that the decision to even join it, you believe is the thing that's going to make it work. When I know that the variable of your upside is what you're going to do about it. 2022 is the single most interesting year in the history of time to be a real estate personality ever. Why? Thank you, John. (laughs) Why? Here's why. The world navigates under one currency. It's called attention. The business world and most of the world runs on a currency. Forget about real macro, real stuff like love and fear and all that. I'm going kind of a level below the real stuff. The second tier of real stuff navigates on attention. I was born in the Soviet Union. I grew up in the US very affected by the 80s Cold War and geopolitics and all that stuff. Made me incredibly interested in history and things of that nature. Some of you know me, I was an atrocious student, like Fs, like not Cs, (laughs) Fs. But I got As and Bs in history because I paid attention. And one of the things I learned in the 90s in high school was that when there was a coup in a country a coup d'etat, that they, at the same time that the army would go after the palace and kick out the dictator or president, they would also attack the radio station, the newspaper station, and the television station. And from a very young age, that always struck a chord with me. And I always wanted to understand why, and I got to the point pretty early in my career, which is at the end of the day, humans, are headline readers. Everybody in this room has remarkable levels of conviction around two headlines with no education underneath it. It's what we do. It's not bad, me too. Attention is the currency that is the variable of the context of this talk. We are here, my assumption is you'd like to be successful next year. If that is the case, I'm going to really milk this hour with you to get you to understand why all the things that have been working for me for the last 25 years will not change for the next 25 years because I am a binary machine animal to the concept of contemporary attention and how to provide value against it. Every person here can do it if they understand it and they have the ambitious work ethic, the humility, to take a step back and understand they don't understand what's going on, if they don't, and putting it into practice. When I wrote Jab, 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 Right Hook, it was trying to show people at the time in 2012, I don't remember when I wrote, 13, was that holy crap, this social media thing is really, really happening, and uh uh-oh, 99% of the people that put out content are putting out selfish content. I got ready for this, because I knew it was a good one. I was excited. I was really excited to be with you, for real. No bullshit. Really, I'm pumped to be here. I am. It's great to see you. So I did a little searching. You know, that's what I do for a living. How many people here follow my content, just for context? Thank you. And to the ones that didn't raise their hands, I was paying attention. (laughs) Um, So for the ones that raised their hands, you may know this about me. For all the content I put out, and I put out a lot and for all the things I do, the majority of my time is spent listening. My flight to Orlando yesterday, three hours, just reading 41 different hashtags and every comment everybody had about it. My flight from Orlando to here yesterday, Reddit and 4chan groups and Facebook groups to get a sense. I did a ton of homework on many of you in here and the content that you put out. It was enjoyable. It was enjoyable because it was affirmation for me once again of how much people don't understand social media. Not as I'm professor and you stink, I mean it. Honestly, this, isn't, this is just an important combo. It's not like you don't get it, I get Who gives a crap? Let me just tell you an observation that is predicated on the people in here's content on social, which is the following. The lack of patience in actually building relationship on social. See, my thing with real estate agents and firms is really fascinating. In real life, there's actually an incredible level of patience and relationship building going on with the people that win. You're all good to get in there with the PTA. You're awesome at some softball coaching. You're really good at girls' night at, with wine at the pizza thing on Thursday. You're cultivating. You're romancing. You're flirting on social. You're like a drunk dude at a bar last night (laughs) slipping a key off of a hello. (laughs) Yeah. I got in last night, I saw some of you. (laughs) Listen to me. 99% of the content in social, forget about real estate, the industry. You know, I have 2,000 people globally, we have all sorts of data scientists, nerds that can't even look you in the face because they only care about math. All the stuff that you can imagine, and we look at this stuff. This is what I do for a living, this is what I do. 99% of the content that is put out on social is dramatically and inherently selfish. It doesn't land. There's too much. It's just supply and demand. If you're just posting another picture of a beautiful house, there are 73,000 of those on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. We're not good at it. The variable of success in 2022 in the real estate industry is being good at it. This is very important. There are OGs in this crowd who have dominated their local market for 15 years. Relationship on relationship on relationship who are starting to lose market share to first year rookies, because first year rookies know how to make a TikTok. This is important. Yeah, rookies! And rookies, don't get high on yourself, you're doing a lot of dumb shit too. (laughs) (laughs) All right? Some of you rookies need to learn the basics of actually how to do a contract, but we'll get into that later. (laughs) And this is the point, this is the point. I'll make a societal point and what I just made is a point in business. We are obsessed with this notion of blue and red and all the magic is purple. All the magic is purple. I know, you know, we're in Texas, we all know. It's blue and red time, I get it. We're gonna get to purple, it's what we do. It's what we do, we will get there. That's for another day when I run for office. For now, <laughs> I'm not running for office. I wasn't born here, I can't be president. If I can't win the biggest thing, I'm not interested in the game. <laughs> but, but, listen to me. I want to help this room because I don't usually get a full hour. Usually it's q and A. I'm like, God damn it, an hour keynote, how am I gonna fill this? I'm like, hmm, I might as well go deep. So we're gonna go deep. Please, if you remember anything from this talk, think purple. Let me explain what I mean by that. What The reactions and the energies that just happened is there's this fascinating thing. This is the beautiful thing about being a listener. And as some of you may know, my sister has entered this business three years ago, so I'm double listening, because I love her more than anything, so I'm paying attention even more. There's this incredible tension and conversation and just macro energy of the youth movement versus the OGs because of technology. Before it was just the OGs, you had to pay your dues. And for the OGs, I have a lot of empathy. I had to pay my dues too. Like, you don't think I'm mad that I didn't have the internet and the blockchain when I was 15? I would have owned the Jets by 19. <laughs> but the OGs need to understand, you don't control when timing is. You're mad that these kids have Facebook and can speed it up? Well, guess what? Your great great grandmother's mad at you that you had running water. Like, you know, <laughs> things, <laughs> like, things change, it's okay, right? So, but what we have to do is the following. I am fascinated that so many people that are players in their market have an advantage of history and reputation and word of mouth are allowing the rookies to take up so much of the attention and the real estate. I'm fascinated by it. It comes out of your audacity. It comes out of your audacity. I understand you're the queen bee of Sacramento. (laughs) <laughs> but technology doesn't care about you. And it's happening, and I'm watching it happen. On the flip side, for the rooks, a lot of them are moving too fast and are relying just on the notion of social content and are making missteps on the stake of the game of sizzle and steak. And so there's a lot going on, but the reality is, and everybody knows it here, you can stumble through your first five, six, seven, eight deals, you're gonna learn that part. How to do it, and how to have partnerships and couple relationships, it's the commodity. We can raz on the rooks of like they stumbled there, or they didn't get it there, or they missed up there. You were a rook too, you made those same things, you figured it out, they're gonna figure it out. The people in this room that are putting their head in the sand that they need to be putting out, stick with me now, seven to 12 pieces of content on social media a day, Uh Uh-huh. If you have basic ambition, the people that have their head in the sand on that are going to lose. That's the word I'm gonna use. What do I mean by lose? I don't mean you're going out of business. If The market's hot, the world's abundant. Nobody's really, when you're mad at that person in town, nobody's really taking your stuff. Like there's plenty of room for everybody. I mean it's gonna chip away, day by day by day. And market share is important especially when you're in this business and your market share is, quote unquote, somewhat limited. The stakes are extremely high for the people in this room to actually figure out how to do social media content. Social media content, along with OTT, Netflix, Hulu, are the dominant consumption tools of our society. The end. I watch people spend money on dumb shit because that's what got them there. They're quick to spend 3K on a billboard because it makes their ego feel good because they drive by it. But they won't run $3,000 in ads against localized TikTok content when the cost of the TikTok ads are so underpriced it makes me borderline uncomfortable. And because we've seen this game with Instagram and Facebook, it's just basic pattern recognition and People want to make assumptions that TikTok is 12 to 18 year olds when everybody in here knows that's not true. I love when people are actually on TikTok themselves but then claim it's not good for their business because their age group's not on it, yet they're on it. (laughs) 2022 is the single best year for a real estate agent and brokerage and team and firm and brand and compass because America's attention is more on social in 2022 than 2021 and social, creative, making the videos and pictures and the ads are dramatically underpriced compared to print, radio, television, outdoor, and benches. (laughs) That one hit. If I, if I could leave with anything, I would leave with a macro commitment from the top, the mezzanine, and this floor, a macro commitment to actually deploy the 25 hours of homework. This is what I'm asking for. I'm asking for 25 hours of homework from you. I'm not looking for you to get motivated or compelled or potentially open to doing this and then deciding you're gonna go home and you're gonna hire your 23-year-old niece because she gets this shit. (laughs) I need you to get it. You have to understand it because if you don't, you won't know how to judge your 23-year-old niece or the person in the office that does it. If you don't understand it, you don't know how to judge it. The reason I have so many people reach out to me and say, Gary, this doesn't work, is because they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to judge it. You know what doesn't work for me? A screwdriver. I'm serious. Give me a hammer and a screwdriver and I can't do that much with it. I'm not overtly handy. And so what people do is they blame the tools and the opportunity but not themselves and their capability. What I'm looking for is 25 hours of actual homework. How do you post a TikTok ad, enter on Google? Yeah. People like, Gary, so how do I do this? I'm like, go to Google. <laughs> I know so much now. Google. It's free, right? Oh geez, remember we had to go to the Encyclopedia Britannica? <laughs> 25 hours of homework so that you can post seven times a day on social media in 2022 who has even a glimpse of potentially wanting to do that. Raise your hand. Thank you. Not a very good number, but I appreciate the self-awareness. <laughs> now let's talk about self-awareness. Let's talk about self-awareness. And let's talk about what I'm talking about now because it's a pretty aggressive jump to go to seven posts a day versus once a week. Right, I'm, I'm empathetic and by the way, Let me be very candorous with this audience. I could care less if you do it. I don't know who you are and I actually don't care about you. (laughs) So I don't have any feelings or needs of you accomplishing this. I genuinely love when I get the email from somebody in here eight months from now saying I cannot believe this is working the way it is. Thank you so much. That I get a huge high on. But in real talk, I'm leaving in 45 minutes. I'm saying this to be historically correct for my own content that I'm gonna put out. (laughs) DRock, where are you? Hey, DRock. Right, so this talk is for me. (laughs) If you're interested in getting the collateral benefit of it, I really need you to get serious about this before you say no. The biggest issue in entrepreneurship and business and just in life in general is this infatuation with no versus maybe. This infatuation with no. This concept of, Gary, I've already tried, we did that two years ago, it didn't really work, I didn't get enough leads. This infatuation with, well, I'm comfortable on Facebook, but I don't like this TikTok thing. I'm trying to get my daughter off of it, what do I need it for, this, that, and the other thing. The game of self-awareness is incredibly important in what I'm about to say. For example, I've been talking about, for the last three years, about LinkedIn quite a bit. LinkedIn about five years ago really converted and I see by some head nods you know where I'm going. It went from a tool that we would use to recruit or just spam people on email to a social network for all intents and purposes. Content, content, content. By show of hands, how many people here consume content on LinkedIn? Raise your hands. Raise it high, I want everybody to see it. Higher. Thank you for the likes, this is awesome. One more time, high. Look how many people are consuming content on LinkedIn. Thank you everybody. What what I love about LinkedIn is it gives people options in here. Let me explain. LinkedIn is incredibly effective with just the written word. LinkedIn is incredibly effective with just the written word. I know that a lot of people in this room, even though this is your profession, are skewing more introverted, aren't interested in being on camera, are insecure about certain aspects, the way they talk, the sound of their voice, the way they look. I'm empathetic to that, that's real. That's very real to the conversation I'm having with you. However, if this audience understood how many people are actually getting leads from written words on LinkedIn, it would be a different conversation. This is why I talk about self-awareness. You have to understand how you like to communicate. Some people have the gift of gab to do it on video and the comfort. Others really genuinely struggle with that, but actually can talk and don't realize that they can just hit the memo button on their iPhone, record it, save it, and post the audio. There is no rules for content creation. The rules are very simple. Be self-aware of what you are good at or enjoy so that you can actually achieve the amount of output. And then most importantly, what I started with. This industry, has to find a better way to bring value than just telling people about the listing. The jab, jab, jab of right hook was very simple. Talk about other things, and then it's unbelievably okay once you've built up equity to ask, aka post the listing. You will close the listing, your open house will be more attended if you've done a phenomenal job in actually bringing some level of value in your feeds. The problem is, everybody goes so literal. I'm a real estate entity in this feed, I'm gonna talk about real estate. What people don't realize is all the strengths that so many of you have in the real world are the strengths that you can have in content. The thing that I really wanna challenge this audience to think about is if you love golf or cooking or fishing that that should be a core component of your content strategy. You can't post seven times a day if the only thing you want to talk about is your listing or joining your team. You can when you decide to be an, an actual human being. So when we think through this framework of how we provide value, We need to understand this. Now, what gets really interesting for me is the no versus the maybe. Let me explain. TikTok, right this second, is a marketing phenomenon. You can literally, tonight, because you thought this talk made some sense to you, download TikTok for the first time. How many people here do not have a TikTok account? Raise your hands. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up, stand up if you do not have a TikTok. Let's see it, light's up there, I got it, good. All right, first, first, no, keep standing, back up. Back up, dude, thank you, I see. First, let's clap it up for these patriots. You can sit. I can't believe, I can't believe you do not have a TikTok. After 15 years of this? I do, I just don't use (laughs) Unacceptable. We'll talk after the show. (sighs) Let me tell you what's so cool about this for me. This is wild. I'm gonna go, this is what's fun about having an hour. For the ones that stood that are compelled out of curiosity to maybe make a play, I want you to create a TikTok account after this talk tonight, this evening. When you create your account, I want you to put your photo in. i prefer it not be one of those atrocious LinkedIn pictures all of you have. <laughs> be human. And in the bio, you explain who you are, including the real estate part, but not only. I then want you to put in the link, the default link, a link that is directly to your business. Right? Whatever your business best link is. Then, I want your first TikTok to be something outrageously simple. The glass of wine you're drinking, the person you're with, the meal you're having, something, whatever. Here is what is remarkable about TikTok that we have not seen in the last 20 years. TikTok, unlike every other platform, is built, actually, excuse me, TikTok, like Tumblr, years ago, (laughs) some memories, (laughs) is built on the interest graph, not on the social graph. You're not getting in your feed who your friends are or who your friends of friends are. You're getting in the feed things that you like. So if people like football and wine and jokes, that's what their feed is. The reason TikTok's doing so well is people are getting posts they want. Things they're interested in. And so the interest graph is amazing because unlike the social graph where all of you remember when you went on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and you posted and you had to like text your four friends and ask them to like it because you felt so bad about yourself. (laughs) I know how humans roll. On TikTok, and this is what's so bananas about it, and this will go away because it's all supply and demand of attention. And as more ads are being run on TikTok and more people are producing content, So this is all the same story. These gray hairs come in handy. I'm now on not intuition. I'm here now on pattern recognition. What's amazing about TikTok is that there's somebody in this room who literally right now does not have a TikTok account, is going to post something ridiculous, (laughs) and is gonna have 800,000 people see the video and one of them email them for a lead. That's right. What's crazy, Melissa, <laughs> and I appreciate your no, is, and I know like you're saying it from the, like, that's, that's why I'm pumped, that's why I'm saying it right now. What's so wild is un- the only other time we saw anything remotely like this was early, early, early Facebook fan pages, 2011, where you would post something and you'd be like, why did so many people see it? Now, I have a lot of empathy for the context of this room in a localized business, if you're in Denver, you may not need your views in New Jersey, but referral game, friends of friends, there's a lot of real stuff going on in your business that if you're thoughtful about what I'm talking about, you could take advantage if you do a little legwork. Early, early Facebook fan pages, we're talking about 10 years now, but the number of people whose first post get five, 10, 15,000 views is remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable, and I couldn't compel you more to do it. Not because I'm a Chinese spy. (laughs) I know, you cynics. Not because VaynerMedia does well with TikTok, but because You have to. Is she okay? She's good? I'm proud of you. That was fast execution. Do you need a job? But because I'm trying to get all of you ready for the rest of your career, let me explain. How many people here, lights again, this is great. I'm having fun. How many people here by show of hands are retiring in the next 10 years? And before you raise it, I don't mean you're gonna crush it and buy a yacht. <laughs> I mean, you're old and you're finished. <laughs> raise your hands. 10 years, raise it. Can I get the lights please? Raise your hands, 10 years. They are, there. Okay, thank you, let's clap it up. We will let those 74 people slide for this next sentence. <laughs> but for the rest of you, 10 years. Do you know how much technology changes have happened in the last 10 years? Do you understand that almost everything we do from, I mean, if you, if you look at your cliche 18 year old that lives on two core things, TikTok and Netflix, they didn't even exist. I mean, Netflix did, but in a very different form. CDs to the house, pretty cool. (laughs) Those two things didn't even exist. And this is where I need the OGs to hear, to go back to the history books with me. There are people in this room, my friends, for the youngsters in here, under under 30s, make some noise. You're gonna like this one. Under 30s, there are people in this room who once said that they would never get a cell phone because their pager was good enough. (laughs) Let's go very vulnerable and honest by show of hands. Who in here was this person? I'm never getting an iPhone. The Blackberry has buttons and I need the buttons. Raise your hands. Raise it high. By show of hands, while we've got the lights, who in here said, I'm never getting either one of the following, a Facebook, a Twitter, an Instagram, and now has one. Raise your hands, raise them high, own it. My career is completely predicated on one hyperthesis. I have intuition from the luck of my parents having sex at the right moment. (laughs) It's true. I have intuition that allows me to understand what all of you are gonna do when you think you're not gonna do it. This is the crux of what I wanna talk about today with you, both on the marketing side as I've been and in a few minutes on the management and team side. I need everybody here to leave today with at least the seed of maybe kinda sorta and I am not naive and incredibly self-aware and very in tune to how this may be entertaining and you might have gotten a laugh and it might be curious, but you are viscerally against the concept that I'm throwing down. As I said earlier, that is incredibly fine, but let there be no confusion. The data is extremely clear. Market share amongst real estate agents in local towns are shifting completely predicated on the ability to be good at social media. Now, you may be more than happy with how much you make and have eight years, seven years, nine years, and you're like, screw it. If I make a little bit less, I'm still good. And that's amazing. That's actually awesome. Do you. But if you're interested, I mean it. Like, you know, I, I think people are very confused at times. Like, if you make $12 an hour and you're pumped, you won life. Most of my millionaire friends are miserable as shit. <laughs> But if you have a sake or an interest in growing market share in your place, there is nothing else. This logo can do a lot, but not the thing we're talking about. You've gotta make the content, you. You've gotta talk about why your local town is awesome. I said this at a Tom Ferry event, I know here 10 years ago. Become the mayor of your town with your content. If you make content of why this subway, You know, burger shop is the best. That might just catch someone's eye and that becomes a lead gen. If you're the person that reviews the school on video form in Facebook groups or on a TikTok, that might be the gateway drug to the business that you're looking for. Content on social has become a requirement of growth, not an option. It's clear, and again, you don't need to do it, but it's really the conversation to be had, and I hope You guys take it a little, just a hair more serious. And I hope for the people that remember they did well on Facebook or Instagram but then the organic reach went down and you're not doing as well. For Who here had a good run with either Facebook group or Instagram but then felt the effects of the reach going down and are not doing as well as they've done at their prime time in their careers? Raise your hands. So for that group, because you've already tasted what I've talked about, you must immediately get serious about TikTok. Immediately. Yesterday. Let's move on. Thank you for that chapter of this talk. <laughs> How many people here have employees underneath them? Raise your hand. Have employees underneath them. People that work for them. Raise it higher. People are so scared with hands. Thank you. For that crowd and for the other crowd, but we're gonna start with that crowd. There's something that I've been spending a long time in my mind on, but it was back here. It was in my subconscious. I didn't really, I couldn't get it all the way to the front. COVID gave me an opportunity to get into my feelings. And luckily, I was able to finally get it to the front. You know that? You know how life works, like we're all humans, right? Like it's there, you know it's there, and finally, oh, damn it. He's cancer, get him out of my life. That stuff, that's what was, sorry, that was, That's where I'm about to go. Um, There's been something in my, here, for the last 20 years that I just couldn't figure out. And I finally feel comfortable and ready to talk about it in a compelling way that makes the argument potentially land for all of you, which is why I wrote this book. I believe that we have been misguided in how to win in business. I believe that the popular conversation of business that we accept today as entrepreneurs and operators is wrong. I believe that the dog eat dogs, hard elbows and my literally, there may not be a statement on earth that I hate more, and I don't like using the word hate, but there is not a statement on earth that I hate more than the concept of nice guys finish last. If I could find the person that created that (laughs) saying, I would dig them up from the ground and punch them in the neck. (laughs) It is such a fundamental misnomer, and I think it's time we have this conversation. This book talks about leveraging the emotional ingredients necessary for business success. I don't believe any of us were raised with the concept that the core tenet for business success is kindness. I just don't think that's something we've ever heard. I don't think it's something people believe. I even think when I just said it, it was like funny to say and funny to feel your collective reaction. Let there be no confusion about the next part of this talk and where I'm going. I am not in the over coddling foofy foofy like world of business. This is not about entitlement. I, The same person I want to dig up from the grave, I want to destroy every human associated with eighth place trophies. (laughs) I am not looking to coddle this up. I'm here to dominate. I am here to build the single greatest entrepreneurial career of all time. I'm here to, if you bother me too much, I'm gonna start a real estate brokerage in your local town and put you out of business. (laughs) I'm being dead serious. I'm very weird when it comes to competition. (laughs) So, as I talk about what I want to talk about now, please remember all the things that I just said in the last two minutes. Kindness. Empathy. Compassion, the soft skills are actually the hard skills. People are confused. People are confused where we are in the world, not today. This isn't about, I know where some of you are gonna go. Some of you are gonna go, oh, I see what Gary's doing. He's trying to prepare us for Gen Z because they're so woke and soft. Uh, News alert, that is not what I'm doing. What I'm trying to do is get everybody prepared to understand how they can make more money, how they can be more successful, how real this is. You have to understand what's happening. What's happening very simply is this. We've been lied to. The world is inherently abundant. Even in a local business where you're trying to compete against seven other people that you know who you're competing against for the houses, the fundamental truth is nobody's taking yours, you're limiting your upside. The way you're limiting your upside is overstressing about somebody else getting a listing that you didn't get. When you spend two hours dwelling that Susan got it and you didn't, that's two hours that you played on defense, not offense. There's nobody taking your stuff. And because of that and things like that, we are confused. We think that there's a certain demeanor, a certain style that needs to be done for business success. Of course, of course, you can be massively financially successful being atrocious. (laughs) It exists, we know it. And to me, you know, I heard somebody say, Whether it's, you know, it is unfortunately, honestly, no feelings towards it. Unfortunately, fortunately, it is life. What's that got to do with you, though? At the height of the Steve Jobs God era in Silicon Valley, I was booed aggressively for the only time in my career. Ironically, in this wonderful town. (laughs) It's true. I was on stage in the height of Steve Jobs land, at South by Southwest, and I proclaimed that I wanted to be nothing like him. And that he stinks. (laughs) Because I didn't like the narrative that I watched a lot of kids start running their business because they heard that Steve was mean, they decided to be mean. Can somebody logically explain to me why it is ever appropriate for a boss to verbally undress an employee in front of everybody else because they made a mistake. What is, can somebody articulate it in a way that makes any sense whatsoever? You're motivating the team, you're scaring people. Fear works. Love works better. It's just the way it is. You, and this is the real punchline of what's really happening, you might be scared at that moment when you lost money and thus become the vehicle of making everybody else feel fear because it's passing through you. These are things we have to talk about. In the back of the book of this cover, it lists the 13 ingredients. The first one is gratitude. I am completely convinced that I will be an aggressively successful billionaire who achieves his goals and buys the New York Jets and does all this stuff, and that 90% of the reason is because of gratitude. The great advantage of coming from little is you know what it tastes like. You have perspective. The foundation of success is actually adversity. Tough to be hungry when you're already fed along the way. For me, it's easy to be grateful. Not because I've made it, but because I lived in a studio apartment with eight family members and listened for the first 10 years of my life my family talk about everybody going to jail, having nothing, and staying in line for bread for eight hours a day because the Soviet Union in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s is way worse than any of you understand. Gratitude. Of course, thank you. As we sit here today in a beautiful venue, looking, by the way, you guys look good. Looking good, feeling good, trying to advance our already very, very fruitful lives. There are 850 million people out of the 8 billion people in this world that don't have access to clean water as we sit here right now. I watch people complain that the Starbucks person put the wrong milk in their coffee. (laughs) Our collective Prosperity and lack of gratitude has so much to do with our collective unhappiness. This is what empires do. All that America is right now at this time is a 300 year prosperous machine. You know, like the Roman Empire. (laughs) My friends, to go back into the business context, I really mean what I'm about to say. I believe the single core thing and it's black and white that keeps everybody from the place they want financially or professionally is 100% predicated on your mental framework. I believe that if you're able to actually be grateful for even having the chance to do what you're doing because nobody died last night, including you, that you should be happy. I don't think that's far-fetched. I don't think that's crazy. I think all of this is actually being played out because people are insecure and want to perceive themselves being successful to others. I believe most people want to make a lot of money to buy dumb shit to impress people they don't even like. (laughs) And the more they're close to you and the more you dislike them, the more motivated you are. That's why so many winners hate their mom and dad. It's true, that level of resentment is an incredible fuel, but it's an unhealthy fuel. It's an unhealthy fuel. I believe that we need to have far more, and again, this isn't foof land, this is about the following. If, one more time, people that have employees, raise your hands, I wanna get this. Your success in so many ways is predicated on the continuity of your team. The reason my businesses have always done well is people are with them a long time. Do you know what happens when people are with it a long time? They know stuff. Do you know what happens when you know the basic stuff? You go fast. Do you know what happens when you go fast in business? You make money. Speed, like in sports, kills in business. If you don't have a framework where you're able to keep people, you've gotta retrain constantly. Now, you may stumble and hire somebody who is meant to be a superstar you can't suppress superstars. One of the great mistakes in the real estate industry consistently is when somebody hires somebody that's awesome, that person starts to emerge, and the person that has them starts to try to mentally undermine them so they stay with them a little bit longer. Oh, that one hit a chord, didn't it, everybody? <laughs> we got real quiet on that one, huh? Instead, what they should do is excel them. It happens to me in the agency world. I have 2,000 people, we're a service business. My people are my business. When I see a winner winner, I pull them in and say, you need to leave now. I'm being dead serious. I say, you need to leave now, which always freaks them out. Eight eight out of 10 times, they're like, am I getting fired? I'm like, no, 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 bigger picture. You need to have your own company. Now, you may want to stay and you may want to stay for a year and you want to collect some savings and maybe you don't, by the way, maybe you don't have the entrepreneurial stomach I think one of the things that has been really challenging in the last decade in our society is the entrepreneur got cool. And now people want to be one. And for the people that are one here fully on their own two feet, it sucks. (laughs) It's tons of pressure, there's nobody to help you, it's you, going back to the 13 traits. My favorite one for me that has really helped me a lot that I would love to make more popular amongst this crew is accountability. Accountability has been a godsend for me and the 20 to 50 companies that I've watched and leaders that got me to write this book because it's not a focus group of one. This is observing for 25 years. Accountability, so much visceral reaction to accountability in this industry. This is what's so great about Twitter and Facebook. You guys air out your dirty laundry. The industry, you see people blaming their agents. News alert, one more time, hands up. Who's got employees? This is a good one, you ready? You hired everybody that works for you. (laughs) So when it's Sally's fault, it's your fault. You hired Sally. You can also fire Sally. It's your fault. Accountability is actually the greatest key to happiness. When you feel like you're actually in control, this is why everyone's so upset. They think the government or the media is in control. You're sad. When you don't feel like in control, you're sad. When you feel you're in control, you're happy. Accountability makes you happy. Let's talk about control and my number one belief in building a culture. And this is not an HR book, this is a let's make a lot of money and be happy about it book. The number one mistake that is happening in this room right now for all the hands that just went up is they are still letting somebody work for them because they deliver money but they make everybody else miserable. The number one mistake that I see in businesses definitely in this industry for sure given the transactional nature of the people that work for you and every business is that you have compromised your moral compass of how people interact with each other because the person that's a jerk is delivering results. (coughs) What you don't see is the hidden loss. What you see is, let's call him Charlie. What you see is Charlie's delivering. What you don't see is Charlie's ego undermining comments, razzing and all the other political behavior that comes with cancer in a workforce is making everybody else run at 60 and 70% mainly and more importantly because they're all talking about how you are actually full of shit. By the way, you are more than welcome to have a culture where not everybody is getting along and it's awesome. But you better never say one word about you caring about culture. You are more than welcome to have a doggy dog intense invite you can do whatever you want but unless you want to be a remarkable hypocrite do not get in front of the team at the holiday party and say we're a family <laughs> scott The great resignation. This is like the fun new thing to talk about in social and media and everywhere. The great resignation. The great resignation, AKA, There's step one. There's a lot of people on earth that if the government pays them more to stay home than go to a job they don't like, they're gonna take that deal, fine. Easy to understand. But that's gonna go away. What people don't understand is the great never taking the job in the first place. That is coming next. The other reason that I'm desperate for all of you to get serious about actually caring about feelings as an offensive weapon for your business is not because I want the world to be nice, though I prefer it. It's because if you don't do it, forget about retention or maximizing how much the team produces. We are on the precipice, back to the 10-year people, Those 73 people that raised their hand and are retiring in 10 years, they're about to say, thank God I'm retiring. Because if you're in the game of being around in 10 years, you have to understand what's coming up the ranks. These are 15, 17, 19 year olds that aren't lazy, that are not entitled, that are not soft. They have options. This is not about they don't wanna work, this is about I'm 16 and I make $250,000 a year on YouTube ads. This is, I'm 22 and I could just do makeup on TikTok and make 110,000 a year, sorry mom, I don't wanna go work at some bullshit place for 45,000 a year. This is not they're soft, this is they're smart. If you don't understand how real this is and don't even get me started on NFTs where every person that can draw a little something is about to make money, don't even let me get started on the blockchain. By the way, on the blockchain, just for two seconds, every contract, every contract in our society in 20 years is gonna be done in NFT form So whether you like Bitcoin, you think it's a scam, you like NFTs, you think it's a scam, if you plan on doing contracts, you know that thing we made fun of the rookies for? You better figure out Ethereum yesterday. Thank you to the 16 crypto bros that just got fired up. We'll keep moving on now. My favorite chapter in this book is patience. Patience is super interesting. I've learned a lot about patience the last three years when I started getting aggressive with it in my community when I started realizing, oh, I'm winning because I'm patient. Doesn't seem obvious with the energy that I deliver my conversations in. It's unbelievably obvious if you understand my career and how I've navigated. I didn't realize how much everyone hates patience. It's similar to what I said earlier. I didn't realize that people wanted success so fast to put a Band-Aid on the insecurities. Ah, I didn't get it, I get it. You wanna make a million bucks to shut up everybody. I see, got it, that's why you're so frantic. That's why you're so pushing. That's why you're making bad decisions but in the short term you might get a bag. Now I got it. Patience is incredibly important. The problem with patience in the last two, three years through all these conversations that I've learned is I didn't realize how many of you when I just said the word patience heard the word complacent. I didn't get it. I didn't realize when I was saying patient you were hearing passive. I just couldn't even believe given how I roll that anybody would be thinking that that's what I was talking about. The concept of let's just lay on the couch this year. (laughs) Patience is 100% my passion in this industry. So many people here don't cultivate very fruitful relationships both digitally and in real life because of their lack of patience. The transactional nature of the industry creates a subculture of What's this time worth? Well, if I'm gonna go there, I better get, and if I don't, I promise you, if you pay very close attention to the people in this room and others that have been massively successful in this business, especially if they've done it for 25 years or more, and you really get seven, 10 hours with them and you talk and you listen to the most important parts, I promise you, you will be stunned how much patience is the ingredients to their success. This is about actual relationships and actual community building. Whether you do it digitally in a Facebook group, and oh, by the way, all of you that seven to nine pieces a day, TikTok, another on the lists of, it would really be awesome if you considered doing this, is starting a Facebook group that is about your local region, not directly about real estate. So if you're in a suburb of Cleveland, and let's just call it Smithtown, if you're in Smithtown, Ohio, the Facebook group you create is the Smithtown, Ohio Moms Group, the Smithtown, Ohio Parents Group, Smithtown, Ohio Small Business Group. You become the person that controls that group. You run $500 to $1,000 worth of Facebook ads against people that live in, you know, Smithtown, Ohio. You get 53, 29, 17 people to join. You go in there and jab, not right hook, and you're like, maybe the first post is like, what about that pothole on Smith Street, huh? (laughs) And you actually cultivate relationships. You will be stunned how much that's the gateway to the listing, to the opportunity. The fact that digital has created massive infrastructure for scaling the things that the best agents in here did for the years prior to the internet existed is the thing that I'm most passionate about. The mental makeup of how to navigate actual relationships is the other thing that I'm incredibly passionate about. The real estate industry is going through massive changes, we know that, this company Zillow's not fooling around. Wait till you see what Apple has up its sleeve. Before I scare you, I have no idea what Apple has up its sleeve. (laughs) My point there is, please don't be naive. The biggest tech companies in the world are only looking to go horizontal and vertical. This industry is lucrative. I'm trying to help you create a moat, a little island, that you control. I'm scared that you think other things can be your moat, including the idealistic responsibility you're putting on this company to do it for you. I need you to do it for yourself. The two ways you do it are the clouds and the dirt. The dirt is actually knowing how to make a TikTok post. The dirt is getting a glass of wine or bourbon and sitting on a Facebook group for 45 minutes a night and making another relationship in town and another relationship in town and another relationship in town. The moat and the biggest one of all is understanding how to be a human being to the people that work for you. These are the moats that actually create substantial business success. These are the things that people really have to start wrapping their head around. People are playing in the middle. Dirt. Do you know how to write copy for a LinkedIn post, run $180 worth of ads on people that live in your town on LinkedIn and press enter and then get the results? Do you know? Do you know how to say, you know what? I got inspired by Gary, I'm gonna start a podcast, not a Facebook group, about our local town and I'm just gonna invite all the business owners. You know how you try to get someone's business? Let me tell you a little secret about 2022. Let's say you're in your local town and you know the 15 most successful business people in your town. I'm gonna make an assumption that the most successful 15 business people in your town are probably sitting with decent financial situations to either sell or buy a home. (laughs) If you start a podcast called Smithtown Business Review and you're the host of the podcast, When you're trying to get Sally or John's business as just an agent without a podcast, you're relying on a lot of variables. But let's say you heard me today and said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start this podcast about small businesses in our town and I'm gonna email Charles and say, Charles, I'm Karen, I have the small business show for our town, it's a podcast, would you like to be on it? You will be stunned how fast that human being will reply and say yes. Because people have egos. <laughs> hey, can I talk to you about listing your home? You're not getting a reply. Hey, would you like to be a, a podcast of the best businesses in this town? You're getting a reply immediately. You're gonna do that podcast? You're not gonna try to throw the right hook, you're just gonna do the podcast? And I have a funny thing, that I believe, which is that will come around as you build that relationship. Oh, by the way, remember that seven to nine posts a day that you were like, how am I gonna do this? When you do the podcast and you record it on video, you can then chop up the little pieces of it and that can be your social media post when Charles said something smart. Oh, by the way, when you run that ad, in Facebook against all of the people in your town and they see that you're sitting with Charles, you know, the big dog of Smithtown, all of a sudden, some of that clout is pouring onto you. My friends, I'm not fooling around up here on stage. This is not kinda sorta, a little something something, maybe, this is not foofy foofy, like be nice, it's good. This is about world domination. All of us have different worlds and different ambitions, but I promise you, stop playing in the middle. Half-pregnant, bad strategy. Play in clouds and dirt. Dirt, know how to do things. The 10 platforms are obvious. They're YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, I don't have to tell you, you know them. The clouds are the part that I really want you to think about. Nice, kind, it's all speed, it's all continuity, it's how you build real teams, it's why you win, It really matters a lot more and it's about to matter a lot, 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 lot more because of the options of the human race. They're not going to work there. Fear is gonna lose its grip in business because of options, not because of social media or the conversation. It's happening, it will happen, it's gonna continue to happen and I hope I gave you something to think about.